What's up? This is Elia Einhorn. Welcome to the TalkHouse podcast. Today I'm joined by... Nick Dawson, editor-in-chief of TalkHouse Film. And we have a hell of a show for you. On today's episode, Sashir Zameda catches up with Noelle Wells. Noelle Wells, who you might know from SNL and Master of None. She wrote, directed, and starred in a movie called Mr. Roosevelt, which is in theaters now. And it's a really great film. It's sweet and sort of personal and funny. It's about an actress, comedian living in LA who goes back home to Austin, Texas, where she's from after her cat dies and sort of coming to terms with where her life is in the wake of the death of her beloved pet. Let's say maybe a touch autobiographical. Indeed, more than a touch. And and, uh, yeah, it was really fun to to have Noelle and Jashir together because they, they kind of have a lot of shared history in a way. They really do. And it's interesting to me, Nick, that their careers have unfurled in an almost uncanny parallel. They have. Both of them are alums of UCB. That is Upright Citizens Brigade, one of the fantastic improv comedy houses. Yeah, on both coasts. On both coasts. And they both done stuff for college humor. And they then shared a dressing room at Saturday Night Live in 2014. Now, they've both since left Saturday Night Live. Sashir has been busy since. She's currently hosting the United States of Music podcast. That's out on Spotify. Now, of course, their talk takes in Mr. Roosevelt, but Nick, it takes in so much more. It does, and it was really fascinating to me the types of topics that they were drawn towards. They talked about sort of grassroots activism and political work. I thought it was very cool to learn that Sashir is, in fact, an ACLU celebrity ambassador. For women's rights, and she, she sort of talked about uh, the balancing of, of sort of her show business career, for want of a better word, with political stuff. Noel had previously done, you know, volunteered for the Democratic Party, uh, but has now sort of changed tack in a way. She talks about giving out hugs to people and and she picked up trash on Earth Day. So they- DIY, they DIY all the very, way. Very, very DIY. But she had these ideas for sort of where she wanted to go with, with the stuff that she was doing. She has a very cool app idea. Like a legit could be a major app idea. Yeah, stay tuned for that. They also- take in internet addiction. Also the use of social media and, and the boundaries with fame and the, the ills of celebrity culture. They talk about going back to 30 Rock after leaving SNL. Yeah, definitely some stories there. And, and Brad Pitt, the sculptor and photographer is another <laughs> topic they take in. They love Brad Pitt. We also hear about Noelle's songwriting, which has not been talked about much before. No, and she, she very uh, kindly played us one of her one of her tracks, which is really good. Yeah, it was really good. We need to get her back for another episode. A music-oriented podcast. But before we do that, maybe let's uh, listen to this conversation. Should we roll it? Let's do that. Hi. Hey, girl. How are you doing? I'm good. It's good to see you. It's nice to see you. You just flew in from? Boston. I was doing a show at Northeastern and then came in this morning. And now I'm in front of you. Hi. It's really nice to see you. It's really great to see you. Yes. You're always a joy. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we. I saw you um, at South by. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, that was very fun. I was very nervous. I mean, I'm always yeah? nervous. Would you describe me as a nervous person? Well, yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I might actually have gotten over it very oh, recently. Yeah. I feel very calm and centered. You're not a nervous person. I think you can be like, you know, at times nerves. Yeah. A nerves. But you're, yeah, but you are, you're confident. Like you wouldn't be doing all the stuff that you're doing if you weren't. 
confident, you know? It's a, it's a weird combination of uh, two different types of, two different versions of me where I'm scared of everything, but then I'm still putting myself in front of the camera right. and doing all these things that invite um, criticism, critique, <laughs> and other reasons for me to hate myself. Right, right. Yeah. It's a nice balance. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. It's cool. Um, you always have struck me as a very calm and confident and together a very still person. Yeah. Do you feel that way? I do. I mean, I definitely get nervous and like hate criticism and stuff like that. But I guess, yeah, my my usual baseline is chill. Yeah, I would. I was about to say chill. <laughs> and I envy that. And I've been chasing chill uh, for years. But chasing chill is a yeah, good name chill. for something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my, um, my EDM album, Chasing Chill. <laughs> um, we, I mean... Just so people know, we worked at SNL together. Yeah, we shared a dressing room we together. We shared a dressing room, and I was so happy that you joined because until you were there, I was completely by myself and yeah. alone, and it was really nice to have somebody my age who understood what it was like to be a first-year SNL person there, and um, I was just very excited that you joined. Yeah, yeah, and I was so glad to, like, you know, be with a cool girl. <laughs> <laughs> you no. seem cool. I mean, okay. you are cool. <laughs> you seemed cool, and now no, it's okay. uh, no, no, you are cool. And you know, I was like, ooh, this cool. Like, she dresses cool. I mean, you're, yeah. I don't have to tell you, you're talented. You're fiercely talented. Um, so I was glad to be around you. And yeah, so that's us. We were catching up. Yeah, that's us. That's we us. <laughs> um, uh, now we've moved on to bigger and better things. Hell yeah. Are you working on anything particular right now? I'm actually going to go to Malibu soon to shoot a movie in December. and That's a good time. Wait, is Malibu, it's going to be cold. Will it? I don't know. I feel like it m must be a little cold in December. It, probably like colder yeah. than usual, yeah. but warmer than New York for sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, it's this indie film and I play a comedian, which is a huge stretch for me, mm -hmm. um, who's in love with her best friend, but her best friend's dating someone. It's like a big old love triangle. Yay. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Ah, that's exciting. Yeah. Also, how long is the shoot in December? It's like almost the whole month. I'll be there from like, well, I, I'm, I'm going to go there right after Thanksgiving and then, um, I wrap the 20th, December 20th. Cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And you're doing a lot. You I'm here. I'm here in New York for Mr. Roosevelt. Yeah. The film I, I wrote and I directed it, directed it, and I'm in it. Um, I'm very tired. I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> um, but we're here um, because the film's opening in some theaters, which is really cool because it was an indie film and it's gotten distribution, um, even though it's very limited. And it'll be on Netflix December 26th. Woo! So that's really cool. That's great. Yeah. Um, you were playing your music for me earlier. Do, is any of your music in the movie? No. So um, there's a lot of music in my film and... I feel like I've sort of had a personal renaissance with music. I, I couldn't really hear, this sounds so weird, but for the longest time I was too anxious that I, I don't think I could really hear music. I could hear lyrics and pop songs and I could hear like one melody in a song at a time. But recently I've, music has sort of opened up and I'm like, I feel like I'm very passionate about it. So there's a lot of um, music that I love in the film. My ex-boyfriend, who the movie is loosely about, um, is a musician and he wrote some songs for it. And then after we wrapped the movie, 
the movie took like a really strange toll on me and I had been working around so many people um, that I started playing, I got a guitar and I just was able to play music and um, while I've been editing the film, um, anytime I need to decompress or take some time, I go and I write stuff. So I've been doing that now. That's great. Yeah, That's it's, so great. It's really exciting. It feels a little, um, I don't know, I'm there's like a little bit of a nervousness to me about and now the cute girl from Master of None is like, you know what I mean? Like, is trying to play guitar. I had a, I went to a party and I'm always really nervous when people are like, what are you up to? I don't really like telling people, but I was like, maybe I'll just tell them what I'm doing. And I was like, I'm writing music. Yeah. And a girl was like, oh, I could see that. Like, you on a stool with a guitar. And I was like, oh, this is why I don't tell anybody anything because if that's, it's just like exactly what you would think. Yeah. Like, you know, me with like a ukulele or something. But as long as you're good at it, you know? Fair, I fair. And I feel like the songs are very simple, but I do think that they're good. Like I, yeah. I feel like they're good. I, yeah, what I heard was great. So. Yeah, it feels like um, the most reflective of, like I think comedy is like a one version of compensating for my existence where I'm like, let me try and make everybody laugh. And like make people feel better and then the music's like I feel terrible and I need to like talk about it which is great because yeah. you have another outlet to like explore the other emotions that make you a well-rounded human yeah people get to see that yeah I feel like do you feel I mean you also do so many things I saw on your Instagram you're also I saw you're doing some political stuff too yeah yeah I uh yeah I work with the ACLU I'm the their celebrity ambassador for the women's rights project and that makes me really happy. Like yeah. I, when I was younger, I, I would like help politicians campaign, and like I, don't, I would just do a lot of things that were related to politics. And then when I started focusing on comedy, that portion of my life kind of went away. And so now, now that I have more time and more of a platform, I'm getting to do more of that again. And that's really fulfilling me. Yeah, I tried to when I was in high school. I tried volunteering. Um, for the Democratic Party, but in my hometown, and it was not fun. Yeah, it it was kind of as bad as what I would imagine, like a Republican, like the way that it was very much about winning and fighting, and yeah, and that I found that very exhausting. I went to college. I I was like, oh, but I'll go into politics or become a lawyer. And I just did not have the skin for it. So then I was like, I'll do comedy and then I'll get on SNL and do political comedy there. Yeah. And then when I got on the show, I looked like I was 10. <laughs> so I couldn't really even play anybody that I'd want to play, you know? Yeah. So um, I, for the first time in my life, have just completely dropped out of uh, trying to do things for politics. Like this election cycle, I got so, it was like emotionally ill from it. Yeah. That um, uh, I don't really know how to fulfill that same itch, but I'm really proud of you. And Thanks. I think that that's really cool and inspiring. Thanks. Well, you can like find different ways that are specific to you that relate, maybe not even politics, but just like some sort of social issue that really matters yeah. to you. Like, you know, some people are like, well, how, how can I get involved? And it's like, well, what, what would you want in your town that you lacked? Yeah. If it's like education or like access to healthy food or, you know, there's so many things where it's like people need lots of things not everyone needs to run for office or like you know be the face of something but some people do need to like volunteer their time to like get close to certain people or whatever I mean I've definitely been um I I've noticed that people need more hugs yeah so I've been giving out <laughs> hugs anytime I see somebody that might need one so I've started there it is but valuable I, I actually did uh um 
I guess I have really bad social anxiety, which is like another thing that kind of keeps you from being able to act. And that's a very frustrating thing. But recently um, on Earth Day, I went and picked up trash at the LA River. That's great. I spent like six hours doing it and I felt so accomplished. And um, I was thinking, I was like, you know what would be really cool is to create an app with actionable uh, things you can do like that day. Oh, like if yeah. you're feeling really bad about yourself or like just feel like you need to do something and get out of the house, instead of having to sign up and wait to get emails, if there's like a way for somebody to give you information about how you could show up right then and there and go do something. So that's I was, actually a really great right? idea. And yeah. I, had, I forget what I, uh, I had a name for it. Um, oh, there was also, I also had this other idea where it would be called Service Sunday, where um, people can sign up. And since we don't really have churches or people don't go to churches as much as they used to, I mean, as a kid, so many more people like had that community yeah. um, touchstone. And I feel like that's just kind of fallen by the wayside in America. Well, I think it's still really important that we get together as a community yeah. and remember that we're all in this together. So if there's a way to do similar sort of volunteering campaigns, but we, you know that every Sunday at a certain time you're going to do something and maybe you're assigned instead of you having to figure it out, somebody assigns you to something to go do. Yeah. So we call it service Sundays, but you know, that it's just an idea. It's, these are two great ideas. All right. So Someone who knows how to make apps. If anybody, yeah, <laughs> app, that would actually, that's all it takes, right? It's really all it takes. Somebody that knows how to take, make apps and then, you, I'm sure there's somebody with money that's like, I have too much. I want to help something. Yeah. <laughs> then they can write it off. Yeah. Like, easy. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I, uh, because I'm traveling a lot and I'm in a lot of hotels, I like, I usually take the toiletries, like the shampoo and the conditioner and stuff. One, cause like it's, uh, you can use it like linear makeup brushes and also like to shave your legs if you want to do that. Um, but also like I read that hotels should throw away all the toiletries because like they don't know if you open them and like put nair in it or like poison or something. Right. So they like should, after you check out, just, just throw them away. But um, that's like, you know, good soap and other things that are being wasted. So I, I try to collect them and like, I have a whole box in my house where I'm like, oh, I, I should donate this. But I'm like having a really hard time finding like a, an easy way to do that. Right. So I'm like, there should be something where there's like maybe just a box in the lobby of every hotel where it's like, I'm checking out. I'm, I know I'm a sane person who didn't poison these things. I'm going to put them <laughs> in this box and they'll be donated to whatever like homeless shelter, like women's shelter is in town. Yeah. That's, oh, that's very easy and straightforward yeah. and, uh, um, you know, sometimes I think it just takes like one person to be, like suggest it, but then there's people get afraid. Here's another thing that I've noticed though. When you have good ideas that seem very simple, weirdly people are very like, they're afraid of like the simplest ideas. Yeah. Like it's like somebody would immediately, yeah, but somebody could have poisoned the shampoo. Right. I know. <laughs> and you're just like, well, no. Well, yeah, but. Yeah, uh, but also <laughs> hygiene's important and it would be nice if everybody could instead of, and also we're just throwing this stuff away. Yeah. There's got to be some way, I don't know how, but like some way to filter it so it's like, we do know that it's not poison <laughs> and it is right. going to people who need it. Also, nobody, nobody tries, nobody poisons people and nobody, like the, the amount you'd have, because Think about it, if you poisoned your shampoo and then somebody donated it, the likelihood that, you know, all the steps it has to get to somehow then infect a person would just, the cost-benefit analysis of that, <laughs> if you want to hurt people, it's just you're really wasting your time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's pointless for the person who wants to poison those people. Right. Just, <laughs> They're you know, wasting their time. Just go become a lunch lady and then do it there. You, 
I mean, it would be easier to apply for a job at a cafeteria yeah. situation and then, like, if you want to do that. Poison these children slowly. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's nice that we're, you know, we're both service-minded. It's hard. I feel like I've, I feel like um, the internet has really addicted so many people I know and has made people it's not that we don't want to do things but we're it's like we're on a drug that makes it complicated to exist in the real world and we're trapped and so I know I uh I'm always trying to get off social media I know that you still post on social media but I feel like you don't you're not like constantly engaged in social media no yeah I quit Facebook as soon as I started working at SNL uh, I because just, you have to because you, people are monsters people are monsters and I just didn't want to see anything that anyone was saying and uh, yeah so I just I haven't looked back thankfully and I'm on Instagram and Twitter but I don't really like put a lot of my personal business out yeah. there it's mostly just shows like I'm going to be in this town this state so come see me maybe some other fun some videos or like pictures but yeah it's usually just like business <laughs> yeah and it feels like well you know, I want to make that transition too, but then it feels like, oh, I'm kind of like in a privileged subsection of, uh, you know, social media where I'm like, well, I'm only going to use it for work. Yeah. It's like everybody's kind of trying to use it for work. Um, it's just that I think like maybe, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's very complicated. I also like, I like using it as a platform to share funny things and mm-hmm. um, oh, I don't know. I'm very conflicted I think we all need to get off social media (laughs) yeah oh I I still waste a lot of time on it too I'm not like I don't I don't even check it like I still like scroll through I remember I I I liked one of your pictures and I don't follow you I only follow one person (laughs) yeah it's not that she doesn't I mean (laughs) it's not that I don't want to follow her I only follow one person it makes it easy when people are like why aren't you following me it's like because I only follow one person so (laughs) it cuts out all the all the crap that I don't need to see um, but I can still like see people on my discovery page and yeah. I was like, Ooh, Noelle's doing well. I like this. And, um, yeah, but I can still see people's stuff and be like, well, why am I not doing that thing? Yeah. Or why am I, <laughs> how come I didn't get that job? And it's not healthy. No, it's not healthy. It's also not an accurate representation of really what's happening. Yeah. And also on the other side, I try and be honest on my social media and, and I do that because I don't want people to see it and think that I have it all going on. So if I'm upset, I say that I'm upset and I'll yeah. write like a long thing. And then I had a, f- <laughs> and then recently I went, I, um, I had a friend who was like, I was, they're like, how are you doing? And I was like, ah, I'm just, you know, so exhausted. I'm like really upset about the world. And he's like, yeah, I saw online and I was like, wait, but like everybody should be upset about the world. And it was like, he thought that I was like particular, like I was like having a particularly hard time and like, maybe I am, but I think we all are. And I'm just not pretending. But the fact that somebody was like, and even posting about it, I don't know. I just found that very strange. I think because everyone, not everyone, but most people's um, relationship to social media is just putting the good stuff out there. So they're like, if they see someone actually being honest and putting how they really feel, they're like, Oh, they must be going through something because it would probably take a lot for them to get to the point to be like bold enough to be like, yeah, I'm angry or yeah. I'm sad and I'm going to tell people that. And if, if they read that on someone else's page, they're probably like, oh, they must be like so, so sad that they had to fight the urge to not only put, post good things about themselves and they put the, the sad thing in for strangers to see. Can you believe it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, um, I like being vulnerable. Yeah, that's a good thing, though. <laughs> 
I want, I like doing it because I, I want other people to know that, that, that they should feel, uh, you know, safe feeling things. Totally. Um, that's the stuff I, I like, like I, you know, I, I talk about stuff on stage that's like funny and, and goofy, but also like stuff that's real. Like I don't talk about it anymore, but my mom, I, I've talked about my relationship with my mom and, uh, had, have had other people in the audience come up and be like, thank you for sharing. Like I, I've gone through these things or like I've had these emotions or like, here's my situation, but different. And like, it's just nice to have people connect in a way where it's like, if you didn't say it, I don't know where I would have gotten this from, you right. know, totally. <laughs> you, you never know who you're, you're touching at that moment where it's like, oh, thank God you revealed yourself because I feel the same way. Yeah. And it's so strange that people that we don't do that just day to day and that people f- feel so alone. Like, yeah. I guess that's why we're doing any of this is so that people know that they're not alone. Yeah. Um, and that's great about the, you know, you have stand up and you can have that sort of direct outlet and you have these crowds. I feel like, I guess I've been doing it a little bit with Q and A's. People ask me questions. I had an, um, I had a Q and A yesterday, uh, with a bunch of actors and they're like, how did you get to where you are? And I told them all these stories and I was like, it wasn't easy. And everybody was like, thank you for being honest. And I was like, but what else would I have told you? I was like, I, I didn't just arrive here. I, you know, it sucked for a really long time, but I guess everybody postures and everybody wants to make it seem like they've had such a glorious ascent to the top and like they've, you know, they've, they were chosen ones, but that's obnoxious. Yeah. Well, some people are just chosen and they're like, fair. (laughs) I was bred to be this way. My dad (laughs) told me to do it and now I'm doing it. And like, yeah, (laughs) but I think the most interesting people are the people who like survive Oh, who knows? I don't know anything, but but <laughs> the people who like can survive this industry the the most are the people who actually fought for it. You know? Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, there was I was reading about um, recently. I was reading about Brad Pitt. Uh-huh. This is the weirdest thing. I have like a really like I feel very um, I feel for him a lot because it seems like he might be lost a little bit as a person, but in a good way. But he's the sort of person that was like a handsome guy who got discovered at like an extras casting call with his friend. And he's charismatic and gets put in movies and becomes one of the most famous people in the world. And then everybody kind of puts him in a box like that. And then then he starts trying to really live his life and discover life. And he's he's a really good photographer and he started he starts sculpting and you know he marries Angelina Jolie and they're trying to help the world and um I've been reading interviews with him lately where he, I, I see him trying to be something other than the person that was chosen for this big career and like actually yeah. like feel and be vulnerable. And anytime he's vulnerable and talks about his vulnerabilities, people shit on him so hard and treat him like, say just like the nastiest things. And it's like, I don't know, there is a weird, there's like this, um, even people that have been chosen in a way have this. I don't know what I'm trying to say exactly, but I think have like about, a burden. It's like a bur- It's a burden where he's no like he wants to have experience something more from life. I and I think maybe because acting is just this thing in our society. I've I've been struggling a lot with like the idea of fame and even with acting. I, I mean because we are both comedians, we're creating our own content all the time, and so we're coming at it from not being picked. Right. We like, but there's so much in our society where it's like. Actors are picked, and so then we can. We decided that they're famous, and now we decide that they. Uh, we can shit on them or do whatever we want. But a lot of people in this industry are actually like creatives, and yeah, they're they're coming at it from a different sort of place. And I think that they're. I'm going on off a tangent, but there's like this an American Idol 
sort of aesthetic currently with the arts and consumerism where it's like, well, we voted you in and you're just a talent, but you don't have anything else. And we can say, you know, I kind of felt this way a little bit about SNL too. For sure. Like we got picked. Somebody thinks we got picked. Like it's like they went to a high school. They held like an audition just randomly. And we were the ones who were chosen. It was like, we've been working really hard. Right. We didn't just show up. We didn't just show up, but it's hard for people to understand that. Even like the whole, like there's a whole, there's blogs dedicated to rating us as if we're not humans. Like as if we're not like talented human beings that worked on our craft. And it's like, oh, this person sucked at this this week. And this person like was only in this many sketches. And it's like, there's so many factors that you don't even know about behind those doors that like, it's not in our control. If we had our own shows that we were running, then, you know, it would look like however we wanted to, we wanted it to be. But it's like, there's so many other things that we don't, we're not a part of. It's like, the result is the result. It's just right. it's gonna be different every week, but and we can't we can't predict the outcome. But people are like, well, that must mean that they're bad if right. they're not in this amount of sketches all the time. And it's yeah. like what? <laughs> and it's such an easy. I mean, it's just too uh, convenient. But I think that's also what the internet does: is it makes it everything's an algorithm, everything's counted. It's it's either good or bad yeah. and good to the extreme or bad to the extreme. And there's just not a lot of context. Yeah. I remember, you know, I'd have like a really good week at SNL, but like have one line. Like, I was like, you don't know how many laughs I got at the table read and how everybody was like congratulating me about this sketch that I wrote mm-hmm. that didn't get in. But, yeah. you know, and, and then everybody's like, oh, she sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have no idea. It's also weird just being like when you were saying about Brad Pitt, like being in the public eye, how people feel like they have they have a right to know everything about you or like just access to you. Like, I mean, I, I shouldn't, I, I watched a little bit of this like Brangelina documentary and I feel Wait, was bad. It, uh, was it, um, was it, what do you call that? Was it an authorized? Was it an authorized documentary? I think it was unauthorized. Okay. Yeah. An unauthorized Brangelina <laughs> yeah, documentary. Yeah, they didn't sign off on it at all. <laughs> um, and it was on a plane and I saw it and I was like, I mean, I want to, see it <laughs> and I shouldn't like encourage this but um you know I watched like a third of it and it didn't tell me any information I didn't already know but it was like what went wrong with their relationship and like the lead up and then Jennifer Aniston and it was and yeah it was kind of like god how sad they're just trying to live their life and and create and people are just like so in their business where to the point where it's like detrimental to their relationships and we're doing this. We're doing this. And then it's like also some sort of devil's pact too, because, you know, I think Brad Pitt could go be a sculptor and uh, take, you know, do be a photographer and live like an anonymous life. But he also probably still wants his work out there. And so you do want to maintain that relationship. Yeah. It's just how could that relationship to the public be healthier and more respectful? Um I don't know. These yeah. are questions for the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I guess that's maybe always been a thing, like like the idea of, of stardom and, and, and idolizing people you don't know and, and their relationships. I was watching the um, Debbie Reynolds, Carrie Fisher documentary, and like D- Debbie Reynolds' relationship was kind of like the Brangelina, Brangelina of their era where she was like, you know, dating this, married this fa- famous singer, had a family, and then Elizabeth Taylor, like, wedged her way in. and Or, you know, things happen. Who knows what the order of things was? Maybe <laughs> their marriage fell apart before that, and then he fell in love with Elizabeth Taylor. I don't know. But, like, you know, it was all over the papers, and people were talking about it, and it's like, yeah, that's how their family started. <laughs> <laughs> 
Man. Yeah, and I guess you're right. And also, there, that is a good example, though, of also how time sort of shakes out. Like, I'm sure that was, the like, probably horrible to have that in the papers and have your public life strewn through the press. But at the end of their lives, I think, you know, they're just beloved. You know, that family's beloved. It's, yeah, totally. Um, they seem to get a great sense of humor about themselves. And um, so... Uh, you know, I think everything passes then. I don't know. Yeah. I'm wondering, I feel like we're going to get off the internet. Do you feel like we're going to get off I the internet? I do think so, yeah. yeah. I think people younger than us are already kind of like like detoxing or, or just like not even caring that much about I think that they see how stuff. sick people above them are and they're like, I don't want to yeah. go live out. I'm going to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> Someone was telling me like, I guess teens, like we expect like, oh, they're probably on their phones all the time, but we're on our phones all of the time because we didn't have this when we were growing up. But they grew up with Facebook. They grew up with with Twitter and stuff like that. So it's like it's not a new fun thing for them. But for us, we're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy, <laughs> and we're on it all the time, and and we can't handle it. But I think the younger generations are like, yeah, it's yeah, a thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> I don't really need to be on it all the time. It exists. Yeah, I had a friend tell me about. Uh, was like, a friend was telling me about their friend's kids. And one daughter is like in her late teens, completely addicted to social media. Yeah. Like it's really a part of her life. There's bullying, you know, the whole social, the whole social vibe of it is like really entrenched in her existence. Yeah. Her younger sister sees her older sister is like, I don't, I don't want to live like that. Thinks it's sad, really. Doesn't use any of that. And basically only uses the internet to look up tutorials on how to do things. And I'm like, that's what the internet should be yeah. for. It should only be about how to cook something or how to, uh, you know, make robotics at home. Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. Um, and, uh, yeah, so if we can get to that point, or, God, that'd be, that'd be I great. feel like I'm very close. Yeah. I'm very close. I've been, I've known that I've been addicted to the internet. I, I had it before... I think kids had it at home when I was in high school, but I didn't have a ton of friends. Yeah. So I was on the internet all the time because it was a way that I actually connected with people. Yeah. And it was a safe place and I had friends all around the world and I chatted with them all the time. And then it and then it sort of has transformed. And with the transformation has become me realizing like I am addicted to it and for Maybe the past six years, I have been doing everything that I can to get off. I read tons of books. I, I do meditation. I have all these apps to try and block things, but then I still figure, you know, I figure out ways to get around to get the around blocks. it. And it's like what you read about alcoholics or yeah. people addicted to drugs. Like all the things that I do is literally and something that somebody does when they're addicted to something. And, yeah. Um, I feel like it will help if more of my friends weren't on it. Yes. And we were doing more things together yeah. outside of it. Yeah, because I've also talked to people where they're like, they feel like they're really checking in with their friends by looking at their social media as opposed to like calling them or like <laughs> setting up a time to meet. And and that needs to go away. That idea is like, well, I just saw you <laughs> on my screen, so you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know that you're fine, but the other person doesn't know that you're like, that's how you think you're checking in. You got to like call. Yeah, I mean, people think... I mean, externally, people are like, oh, you're doing so well, Noelle. Your movie's coming out. And I'm like, where were you the past year and a half? I've been 
things have not been well. Uh, it would have been really nice to hear from you. <laughs> Needed a couple shoulders <laughs> to yeah. cry on. Yeah, because you never know until you ask, like, yeah. how are you actually doing? Yeah, but then also then when you tell people how you're really doing, they're like, oh. That's true. I know. Yeah, like, oh, this is not fun. Well, good luck with it. <laughs> Anyway, well, I feel like I feel like I've grown up a lot in the past. I mean, uh, I was actually just earlier today was in Thirty Rock. Oh yeah, and it was the first time. No, actually, I've been in there one other time when I did the table read for Master of None. Oh yeah, and I didn't know that I, we were going to be doing it there, and yeah. I walked in and just started shaking. Yeah. It was so scary, and then I know that I've grown up a lot because we were. I did like a TV interview in the studios and. I didn't shake at all. And I was like, I've come, I've come such a far way. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've talked to uh, Bill Hader, who's like, I still shake. Like he, in the elevator going up this, up to the 17th floor, he's like, oh, I got to think of something smart and funny. <laughs> and Man, like, doesn't SNL sound like a really great place to work? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, mean, you know. We got we got great stuff from it. And yeah. W- yeah, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> I don't mean to talk you into that corner, but um, uh, yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, shaking, a lot of shaking. Yeah, I'm actually going there tomorrow. That'll, that'll be my first time since May because cool. my boyfriend is doing a set on Seth Meyers, and I'm very excited oh, about that's it. That's so exciting. Well, yeah. that's also for it'll be know, a good thing. Yeah. Good thing. That's great. Oh, that's yeah. great. Uh, wait, can I ask who your boyfriend is? I'll tell you later. Oh, cool. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, another thing where it's like, I'm trying to, I talk about my boyfriend on stage and yeah. like, I talk about that I have one, but I'm trying to not put all the information out there because I don't want people to expect that they have access to our relationship, you know? That's totally fair. I actually yesterday gave a couple of interviews talking about my ex and called him by his name and, yeah. and I was like, man, are they going to, I, I felt really bad. I'm learning how to do this better. It's a learning curve. It's so, yeah. No one teaches you how to do this stuff. Yeah. You just start thinking you're talking to your friends and it's like, turns out, you know, you're talking to like random people that They're have write certain about agendas and not only that, even if they don't have an agenda, somebody Googling you could have an agenda. Totally. So I'm sorry, blank, blank <laughs> for doing that. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> my, my bad. And I'm sure I won't even spread like that. I, I it's hope, always I'll, worse in our heads than it actually is. Yeah. I, yes. I hope so. I just hope he doesn't have a Google alert. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then if he does, he should probably turn that off because that's just gonna hurt him. Yeah, I have, I don't have a Google alert, but one of my good friends has a Google alert for me, and I can't remember why she set it up, but she's like, I like it. And and one time she was like, uh, it's been a little quiet. What are you What are you no. up to? And I was like, don't you ever do that to me again. No. I don't want because because I, I was working on things, but like they weren't public yet. So yeah. I was like, that can't. That can't be a thing that you do yeah, to you me. Yeah, you can't say, no way. That sucks. Oh, man. Um, Haven't yeah. been alerted lately. What are you up to? I'm like, um, <laughs> Again, call me. Yeah, yeah. We can have dinner and we can talk about what I've been up to, but please don't do that to me. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Um, yeah, there's also that where you work on things for, you know, like you're working for a whole year, but it doesn't look like you're doing anything. Right. So that's what I've been doing for the past year and a half, just been working on a ton of things. And now it's going to look like I'm working, but really genuinely for the past <laughs> This is the longest stretch of my life where I haven't really been working, but it seems like I'm doing yeah. a lot. Um, it feels very they're coming out now. Coming out now, but it feels very weird. And I'm also haven't like actually have an income coming in, and so I'm starting to like genuinely panic about my life. Like, oh right, this is like an un- ins- like it's not really there's not a lot of security. Like there is a security if you have a career, but not really ever unless I, I was thinking I was like maybe I could be maybe if I ever really got on hard times I could like try and do like a morning show where I come and I'm. I have like a paycheck and I yeah. get to talk to people I'm interested in and I have homework. <laughs> and you could. 
And that's that's what I do. <laughs> I did a guest spot on The Talk. Mm-hmm. It's with Sharon Osbourne and Aisha Tyler. And Aisha Tyler left and they were looking for a replacement host. And they didn't ask me, but they just, oh. <laughs> they just like, I just filled in for a day and it was so fun and so easy. I couldn't believe it. I came in at like 11 maybe and we were done by one. Yeah. And they're like, that's it. That that's is what the I'm job. talking about. That sounds awesome. Four days a week. And I mean, they were, they were just like, yeah, this is a really cushy job. And I was like, I can't believe it. Yeah. I mean, the uh, I guess you do you have to, you know, if you want to do your job really well, research your guests, yeah. you know, watch some movies. And it does take skill to like really pivot between these topics so quickly. Like they had a um like a person with a cue card saying like 30 seconds left, 10 seconds left, like on this topic and it's like there's so many things happening off camera and they're supposed to be casual and talking to your guests <laughs> yeah. and talking to people that are actually at the table and then there's like a producer in your ear saying like, "Why don't you mention this?" or like wrap this up, move on to the next thing. And then Julie Chen was next to me and she would be like, "We're talking in the middle of something." Like, <laughs> "We'll be right back." And then I was like, "Oh my god, what a pro. She's so great." I mean, they're all great and I it's it's truly a skill that I didn't realize had to be developed but definitely cushy and cushy very job. cushy yes <laughs> um so yeah that's nice that's always nice to know that maybe that's uh a potential career option yeah um but yeah but I, also you're you're fine <laughs> I, I think i don't know okay cool that's i don't know nice. anything but I, I don't know anything either um i've been like kind of just being like i would like something i i really burnt myself out on the movie I'm the writing sure. directing being in it uh I did it because I felt like I had to do it. Like it was just like, I need people to know that I'm capable of these things and I just need to get it out of the way and I don't want to bullshit anymore. Yeah. I don't want to dilly dally. I don't want to be doing these parts and these little, like these little things that I'm not really passionate about. But my Lord, next thing I do, I hope is just, you know, a little less. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, because you did everything. I did everything. I'm, I'm still sort of, you know, I did have a production company, but it's still an indie, indie film. Yeah. So I am still doing everything. Like, in while we were coming over here, I'm sending emails about the soundtrack and, like, putting, you know, uh, clearing graphics and, yeah. um, you know, m- making sure that our website's getting updated with our new, with our new show times and if I, and, you know, making graphics for that and tweeting things. And, uh, it's just, I'm still doing a lot for, for, for it. And, um, a lot of what you're seeing is because I'm making it, you know, happen. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also great. Cause your next thing, like you'll know exactly what you want. Yes. You'll, you'll, you'll <laughs> an know, like, assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get an assistant but, yes, to do, and tell them, and you'll know what to tell them because yes. you did it. You're like, I know I don't want to do that, so they should be, <laughs> Yeah, I'll delegate the responsibility to them. It's a very scary thing to delegate, and I'm learning how to do that um, as much as possible, and it makes it makes things so much easier to have. And, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm asking you to do this. And they're like, this is my job. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm. It's weird because, I mean, as people who create stuff, we we are used to doing everything. And yeah. Especially if it's like in a theater, in a basement, we, we're bringing the props and we're yes. bringing all this stuff. And I wrote it, I produce it. Like, you know, we do all the stuff. And then when you get to the point where someone's like, I'll take care of it, you're like, what? <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> who are you? Yeah. <laughs> where did you come from? What do you want from me? No, it's fine. I can do it all by myself. <laughs> I have for years. Yeah. I, um, I, 
I go to therapy and I'm always telling her, I'm like, I'm procrastinating. I'm not doing the things I want to do. And then last, literally last week I was telling her all the things I was like, but I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And I'm really disappointed with myself. And she was like, Hey, it just sounds like you're doing too many things. And, and it was the first time anybody was like, Hey, you, you're doing too much. And I think that that's just like the American way of like do a million things and have somebody be like, Hey, it's, it's okay to feel like you're overwhelmed because you literally are, um, anyway, balance in the new year. Yeah. I can do that to myself too. Like work myself into a tizzy where I'm like, Oh, I don't even know why I'm doing all these things, but I just said yes. Right. And I think that's like an, like a entertainer thing too, where it's like, yes, yes. And yeah, yes. And I'll do it <laughs> twice if you want. <laughs> Cause it's like, Oh, someone wanted me for a thing and that's really complimentary. And, well, and- thank you for doing this. Oh. <laughs> I know we asked you. <laughs> I said, yes. She said, yes. <laughs> um, I only said, well, yeah, whatever. I was gonna say, I only said yes. Cause of you. <laughs> okay. Good, good, good. Oh, that's sweet. It's true. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Cause podcasts are fun, but it's like, yeah. Oh, there's a friend. I, yeah. This will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like we, have hopefully we do have I mean I do think we'll have long careers ahead of us and it's so nice that um we get to touch base and yes. I like I'm and now we're wrapping up <laughs> they, they gave us the 30 seconds oh, okay. all right and coming up next uh, but no seriously it really means a lot to me yeah. um and it's so exciting to see you uh just continue to grow and evolve and get to do all these cool things and same to you yeah, yeah I'm so excited to see everything you're doing and yeah, yeah. Cool. can't wait for more all right And thank you for talking about all the cool things that you're doing on the TalkHouse podcast. Mr. Roosevelt is out in theaters now. United States of Music Shares podcast can be downloaded or streamed from Spotify. Go check that shit out. Speaking of checking out podcasts. We have a podcast. We have a podcast. Check us out. iTunes, Stitcher, subscribe. And while you're there, rate and review if you can, because it, it helps people find the podcast. It helps people find the podcast. If you enjoy it, it's a good thing. Turn people onto it. Don't don't keep it to yourself. This is a season of turn giving. people on. <laughs> I think that's the, the message we're trying to convey. Turn people on. Now I'd like to turn you on to our YouTube channel where you can see today's talk in full video. You can also catch talks that we recorded at the flagship Sono store, like Kathleen Hanna with Meredith Graves, Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips, and Prince Paul, the hip hop legend, Todd Barry with Chris Gethard. David Cross, Jean Grey, and Fab Moretti from The Strokes. And so many more. So many more. While you're on YouTube, keep that window open. Go check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. See how many different social channels you can just like barrage us on. We want to hear from you. And each one has exclusive behind the scenes content. Follow just one person on each social channel. Make it us. (laughs) We have all your needs. We're talking to you, Sashir. We know you're a selective follower. Today's episode was recorded live at the flagship Sono store by Mike Tierney and mixed and co-produced by Mark Yoshizumi. Who lights up my life in ways I never knew possible. Like a Christmas tree. Like a fucking Christmas <laughs> like tree. Like a fucking Christmas tree. Till next time. <laughs> I'm Nick Dawson. I'm Ellie Einhorn. We'll see you then. Peace. <laughs>